Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. advice i'm malls welcome to the show you guys um we have again two beautiful guests edward hansen hey and jackson i'm back (laughs) (laughs) and um i'm gonna play our favorite game with them do you fear that all right you guys so how you play the game is this i ask you one of I ask you 50 fears and you tell me, yes, you fear that or no, you don't. And you're both going to answer, not at the same time. Okay. One, deep space. No. Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, we suck at this game. No. Yes. Okay. Two, fire. Yes. No. Three, food in countries you've never been to. Yes. Yes. The dark. Yes. Absolutely. Unexpectedly seeing a naked adult. Yes. No, I think naked adults are fine. I don't think it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Clowns. Yes. If they have sharp teeth, yes. I have a lot of fears. Ed is six for six right now. Ed's just closing his eyes and just saying yes. (laughs) I mean, who's not scared of a clown? Seven, sleeping alone. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And that's been 29 years of my life. (laughs) Getting caught talking to yourself in the car. No, because I do it all the time and I couldn't be scared. Um, I want to say no, but it's yes, because someone caught me talking and then I had to pretend I wasn't and I had to pretend (laughs) I was on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I do that, too. Uh, Nine, little person porn. No. Uh, Yes, because I'm concerned for them. (laughs) Germs. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Saying a new word out loud for the first time. No. If I'm around a lot of people, yes. The idea that you might be the only person in your friend group who doesn't understand the movie you just saw. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. First dates. Yes. Yes. Finding out that you've been suffering from a severe mental illness your entire life. (laughs) I think this is aimed at me and I think you No, that's one of my that's like something I would both fear and be relieved by. I would be so relieved. Yes. I'd be like, oh, that's the, that's what's wrong. Watching mold grow on nature shows. No. No, it's beautiful. What you'll see when you look in the mirror. Huh? Well, okay, so Do you fear what you'll see when you look in the mirror? No. No, not the mirror, but you know when you like take out your camera and then like you want to take a picture of something and then it's like on selfie mode and then you're like five chins you're like motherfucker right so i fear I that. that yeah 
uh, Lena, sorry, Lena Dunham success. No, 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 no. Love Lena success. Work, girl. Dancing in public. <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Singing no. in public. Also, clearly not. No, I mean, nothing two shots can fix. <laughs> <laughs> Missing out on events slash parties. Yes. No. Having to go to events slash parties. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> that you're a fraud. Yes. Yes. That no one would ever romantically love you if your face got burned off with acid. Oh my God, yes. It's just another obstacle. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mispronouncing someone's name every time you see them and never being corrected. Oh, yes. I know several people. I know several people. Yeah. And I can't correct myself. Yeah, I feel bad. I'm scared. Fearful. Spending a week in Times Square. Oh, fuck that. No. Oh, uh, I mean, I am fearful of it. Yeah, I would yeah, never. Yeah, just because I'd be really annoyed like mm-hmm. the whole time. I'd be terrified of my own annoyance. <laughs> Contracting an STD. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So scared. Blindly reaching into a bag of jelly beans and putting one in your mouth without looking at it. Um, yes. No, I live dangerous. <laughs> Bring it out. Going through TSA. No. No, me neither. Needles. Yes. No. What's in tap water? Yes. Yes. Spending a month or more with your family and only your family. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Sunday nights. No. I like a Sunday night, mostly because I don't do anything. That you have bad body odor or breath and no one knows how to tell you. Yes. Do I have bad body odor? No. I ha- I was like fearful of that as I came in. I was like, yes. I don't have deodorant. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> no, I get it. Commitment. Yes. Oh, yeah. Me too. Becoming homeless. Yes. Yeah. I think I fear that. I think I fear that every day. And I, it's a common fear that I don't even think it's a fear. Yeah. Yeah. Change. Yes. Yes. Accidentally falling in love with a stripper or sex worker. Oh my God, yes. Me too, yes. yes. <laughs> I was nervous you're going to say, like, like no. No, but, yeah. I've totally had a like a flirtation or two with a porn star. Me too. Yeah, like they've... <laughs> I was like on this campsite and then I like really got into it with this one guy and it, it got complicated. Oh my Scandal, God, really? scandal. It's complicated. There was a bouncer who really w- had a thing for me, and I was like, he does porn, he does porn, I can't do it, he does porn. I and think my f- I remember that. Yeah, and my friends were like, Ed, he does porn. You- was that at FUBAR? No, it was at Fiesta Cantina. Oh. I mean. Oh, I know exactly. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He also wore really scary boots. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. okay, so you were into S&M already. And That's sad that I know day. that. It's, it's sad. sad. It's it not, is sad. It's not, it's not happy for me. Vomiting? Yes, because only because I rupture all the blood vessels on my face and I look like a freak. <laughs> not, I, the, not the vomit itself. All of it. Oh, all of it. No, I like support people. Bugs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm really scared of bugs. Being fisted. Oh, yes. God. I've, <laughs> I've never considered it, but yeah, that sounds terrible that's too, you know what i don't get that and i'm gonna take a stance against that fetish because that is too much in there okay okay Stop how does it. that even get there okay yeah i'm scared of it 
unusually <laughs> I just good. looked at Christina like she's an active fister, by the way, and she looked at me back like she was like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> like, And I'm just looking at you because I thought you'd agree with me on this. Sorry. Because okay. Christina has a secret life. I know. <laughs> what are behind those hazel eyes, Christina? It's like the sweet smile and giant fist. I know. Oh my God! You do a big fist. That would hurt. That's gonna Your hurt. hand would I'm sorry, really that is hurt. Not pleasurable. That is hurts. My nope, hand that, is like an egg. That is not meant to go up there. I feel like you're being sex negative, Ed. I don't care. That's, I know. I'm sometimes I'm like, I, yeah. You clearly I thought I cared. I mean, no, I don't care. I, I mean, I at moments I can be very sex negative I'm, because I'm, I'm afraid of a lot of things. Uh, yeah, me too. for sure. I'm happy for people. But I can also be. I'm happy. You, know, you know what? I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your fucking ruptured anus at the doctor. If that's what you want, yeah. yeah if that's what you <laughs> like, you know, make sure your co-pays low and all that good stuff. We're gonna tell go, a story. Mwah, mwah, mwah. We're gonna tell a story after this. Okay. Oh God. Okay. So, um, <laughs> exceptionally good-looking people. Yes. No. The dentist. Ooh, look at you. I know. I just go for it. I like that. That's a very good quality <laughs> in life. Yes. The dentist. No. Oh, I have, I hate it when the dentist always asks you, like, what your life is about, and then you can't really talk to them. Oh, my God. I hate. So I, I hate that, but not the dentist. Death? Yes. Yes. Knowing what your hot dog is actually made of? No. I think I am afraid of that. <laughs> crying in public? No. No. Me neither. Being with a girl who's crying in public? Nope. It's been done. Nope. <laughs> Being arrested for a murder that you didn't commit? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Heights? Yes. Yes. When I went hot air ballooning last week, I was- You went twice? No, last week. Oh, right, right, right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you went last week. When Sorry, I went last I week, forgot. I like looked over the edge and I, was, I thought I was going to plummet to my death. That's scary. <laughs> That's really scary. The idea that your worst enemy might be right about you and you are, in fact, terrible. No. No. I ain't I'm, scared of that. I'm, I know that's not true. That's so real. Yeah. No. Birds. Yes. Top fear. Top three fears is birds. Wait, what's so scary about birds? Um, They fly at your face <laughs> and kill you. <laughs> Do they you fly never seen face? Tippy Hedren like trying to get away from thousands of birds. I've been bitten by a bird once and it was traumatized. Oh, okay. I'm not right. Not right. I'm afraid of like turkeys because they're faces. And they oh, charge yeah. you oh, my God. and they're a disgusting. Wild turkey was in my fucking yard one day and I was coming back from church with my Nana. My Nana dropped me off at my house and I walk out of the car and I get to the middle of the path leading up to our townhouse door and I am face to face with a wild turkey and I just stand completely still and my mom opened the door and saw me and she was like, she didn't say anything because she didn't want to scare the wild turkey so I just had to like carefully like walk way around it on the grass after about 10 minutes of being paralyzed because it was this, it was almost my height. That's like a scene from Jurassic Park. Yeah. That thing can pluck your eye out. Of course it's terrifying. Like yeah. that's wild turkeys are mean. For sure. They're, very, they're so mean. They're known for being very mean animals, which is why I have no problem eating them. Mm. <laughs> you know, we don't eat wild turkeys. Oh, okay. We oh. domesticated them. Okay. okay, so here's the story I wanted to tell you while or I wanted us to tell while you were talking about being fisted. Oh, okay. What is it? 
So do you remember when we were at BC? Yeah, I already know where you're going. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh-huh. There was a girl yeah. that was having anal sex right. with a guy on the football team. Yep. I.e. Big Dick. Yeah. And um And a hot. He was hot. I'll just I just think that needs to be said because you but need But I to- heard, you know, it actually wasn't him. Oh. It was another person and everyone just went to him because he was like the star. And so hot. Right. I mean, okay, go ahead. So anyway, uh, this football player ripped her sphincter, okay? Right. And she immediately started shitting herself uncontrollably. And sorry, as a gay man, this is a very real fear, by the way. That's a big problem, shitting on dicks. That's a big problem. (laughs) He kicks her out of his room, and he says, you got to go. Sensitive. So she walks from upper campus all the way in a skirt the, you guys don't even know this is a long walk from you gotta go to a also, bunch of stairs this is in the ruffle skirt era you guys you guys ladies do you remember the era where like the mini ruffle fuck yeah that was like an abercrombie like a, a like that was staple. a if you, you went to boston college you're in a ruffle skirt a mini ruffled skirt maybe Polo, it was camouflage yeah, yeah it was yeah. something like that like jean it was happening yeah okay, sorry always. I, just, I just we just need to say that detail so anyway um, she walks a, a probably it's almost a mile, almost a mile from upper campus to lower campus, shitting herself no. the entire time. Ew. You know, it was late at night, so no, there weren't a lot of people out, but there was always one other person out at BC on the campus, and she sees her friend's dorm room, and she's like, "I'm going to go up there." Now they were all in an acapella group together. The girls that lived in this suite. So um, she knocks on the door and she's like, I just need to use your bathroom. I just need to use your bathroom. So the girl lets her in. She sees that she's been shitting herself. She shits all over their room. Like it just is blasting out of her at that point. She goes into the bathroom for a little while, destroys the bathroom. So then they called the police on her. And because she was having sex on campus, which it was technically against school rules, she was driven to the hospital by the police and charged for this. And she shit all in the police car. Wait, she was charged for that? I I thought they just... No, I believe she was punished. I believe she was penalized. I just heard she went to St. whatever the hospital was and she had to go because she, you know... Because God. she had like the super hospital loose I was pedal. born in, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> got a ripped up sphincter getting Full sewn up. Circle. She probably got her sphincter um, sewn in the yeah. room that I was delivered. There we go. <laughs> yeah, circle of life. Circle, circle of life. Full circle. <laughs> so there. We go. So that happened. I heard, I knew that definitely. I didn't know she got in trouble for. And it. this story is so famous that my friend was telling me he got a job in New York at like a financial firm or something, some place that like no one else from BC was. And he sat down at his desk and like the second day, the guy in the next cubicle looked over the cubicle and was like, you went to BC, right? And he was like, yeah. He's like, you know about that girl that shit herself all the way across campus? <laughs> this guy did not go to Boston College. He was like a true New Yorker, never left New York, had no reason to know that story. This is a widespread story. I think I was a freshman. Was it before? No, it was. Okay. I so was, I, 
You were a freshman? I was uh, a junior because that was, no. No, you couldn't have been a junior because this happened when I was young. So maybe you were a freshman and I was a sophomore because I remember this was like how could no because I this? remember okay okay you're right you're right because I remember yeah it was three years later she came to a beer pong tournament at my friend's house and her ass brushed up against mine and I was like <laughs> I cannot like starstruck believe like that ass just touched me yeah. that famous I know. poop ass. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, she was legendary, dude. Yeah. Like, she was a legend. She was, all, remember the albino cheerleader? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The albino cheerleader? She wasn't really albino. Her hair was just so blonde, and she was so Mormon. She was just so Mormon that her hair was so blonde. We called her the albino cheerleader. So, she Clear was, like, <laughs> famous all famous. over campus. And she famous. was the first person whose Facebook page I went to. And this was right when Facebook came out. We got Facebook, like, my the end of my freshman year, beginning of sophomore year. And she was the first person I ever saw who was like about me was like, you guys don't know me. You think you know me, but you don't know me. And I'm going to tell you, like, I am a good person. I have morals. Like, because I guess there had been rumors that she'd been, like, fucking the football team. Uh, And I think she had. And also, let me tell you, there was nothing but transparency with her because she walked around campus with a tiny, like, clear plastic backpack. Yeah. Where you could see every item in the backpack and heels and mini skirts. The only problem every day. with those is, like, style. what about, like, a, what about tampons? Shinkar. Oh. Shankar. Christ. <laughs> well, I think that was kind of fun. Uh, should we take our calls now? Let's do it. I'm ready. Mm. <laughs> hey, Malls. It's Luke. Um... I'm in Chicago. I'm 24. Uh, I know you hate when people don't say that. And I also hate when people don't say that. So it's taken care of. Um, I just wanted to know, uh, what's the best way to break up with a friend? Um, this girl who's just, you know, I'm just slowly realizing that she's a shitty person. And um, I just don't really want that in my life. Do I just kind of stop communication altogether? Do I slowly, you know, wean myself off? Uh, What's the best way to do it? Um, I would love to hear anything you have to say. Uh, All right. Great. Uh, I really uh, hope that you uh, please advise me. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Luke from Chicago. 24. Hey, Luke. I I do really appreciate that you guys have kind of stepped up the game on your age and city. That means a lot to me. I think that you, Luke, need to uh, wean her off your breast, feed her milk first time once a week. Oh, week goes by. Mm, Two weeks goes by. Give her a little bit more of that milk. Then you send her away for three weeks. And then just less and less, you start respond to like every fifth, sixth text. Till that baby gone starve. Yeah. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, till you get that okay. baby eating solid food. Oh, okay. She's grown. So she's sprouting teeth you. in the meantime. Yes. Her own teeth. I got it. Okay. And also, isn't 24, like, those are your developing years when you're really finding out who your friends are. There that are is, a lot of friends you pick up in your early 20s right. because you're just not sure what your life is going to be about. You dust them off your shoulders so quickly. 
Yes. But you're looking to lock something down. Look, when you're in a situation like college or, I mean, it sounds like you've been friends with this girl or new to a city or new to a job, it's very common that you click with someone because there's no one else for you to hang out with in this new adult life. And... I think Luke sounds like low pro cool. I yes. think he's like a cool dude. Yeah. For sure. I think this girl was attracted to him because she's like, Luke's cool. I'm going to kick it with him. And then meanwhile, all her secret shitty behavior becomes like super transparent. Yeah. And she's just like super mean and bitchy. And Luke's like, this is not, you know, it's like his Katie, his Katie Heron moment where he realizes, you know, all this. Sorry. Um, and I just think that um, Luke needs to cut the cancer, cut the tumor. I think I agree with Molly. It's a slow weaning process. I think you just kind of just start dialing it back, stepping away and let her sail on her way. down. Dan Savage often references a Garfunkel and Oates song called the fade away. And um, I think that that's something that you should listen to because this is a very common feeling, whether it be romantic or, you know, you're dating someone and then you kind of you know, right. you, you don't want to. Oh, be, oops, you're busy. You don't want to come correct. I mean? like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like you're just kind of like, and sometimes it doesn't need to be a drama. It can just be a, a cool off. And then she's going to, she's going to become like a D list level friend where, Hey, you know what? Maybe there's one day where you're in the mood for some bullshit and you're like, yeah, I can grab a beer with her. And it's still cool. And it's cool. Yeah. And it didn't need to be a big drama. But at a certain point, if she does start to get volatile or cruel, right. I would spell it out for her. Yeah, for I, sure. She, I think I think the point of like weaning her off is to like allow her to like get the hint. But if she doesn't get the hint, then you'll eventually have to spell it out for her. I get that. I was I've been in that situation before where I just had to like keep telling someone, "Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy." And like busy really meant like I was like watching Netflix or like basically not hanging out with her, not fucking with you, not but exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So then I don't uh, give a fuck. I don't, I don't give, give a fuck. fuck. What? I don't give a fuck. I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> Little stupid ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> I have a million other things I'd rather fucking do. <laughs> and that's it. All right. All right call. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ronald and Ed. I'm actually calling. I just left a message a second ago and it cut me off because I talked too fucking long. So I'm calling back. Um, I actually called a few weeks ago for a different situation. I thought I was like maybe stalking some dude I was with. Um, that's all over now and he's like out the door. Bye. But uh, I have another life question, of course, because, you know, full of problems. Um, and I thought maybe you guys would have some good insight into it. Um, basically, I was kind of seeing this guy that I worked with for a while, like, maybe like six six months ago and um you know things were really fun at first we were we got along really well we had really good like we vibed off each other well he was funny and had a lot of good was into the same stuff as me good recommendations for shit to read and stuff to do and we just really got along but sort of the longer that it went on the more it got a little uncomfortable um i found out he was a virgin um at some point and we're both 26 and it was just kind of like weird for me um that that was a thing. Uh, I always felt kind of like, I don't know, afraid of like touching him wrong or something. Um, and it just it proceeded to get a little bit more sort of like I just felt uncomfortable in the situation. But he was very, very sensitive and very kind of like, 
I don't know, prone to suicide, to be honest. I don't know if he really was, but I just always got the impression that he was going to, like, off himself if I left him, um, even though we weren't officially together. And so I did a really, really bad thing that I'm not super proud of, and I basically, the only way I knew how to get rid of him was to tell him that I was getting back together with an ex, because it just seemed, like, clean, simple, you know, whatever. And anyway, we're starting to kind of, I bumped into him a week ago, and kind of like, we're like, oh, we should hang out again, and you know, there's a big part of me that misses this friendship and wants to be friends again, but I just don't know at what point, like, do I tell him about this lie that I made, you know? I don't want to be best friends with him again or anything, but I don't know. Like, I'm kind of stuck on if I should even mention the fact that I just bolt-faced lied to him about getting back together the next. It was a shitty thing to do, but, you know, it worked at the time. It seems best for both of us. Probably wasn't. I don't know, but uh, I really appreciate any insight. Thank you so much, and thanks for your last week's advice. I actually got acupuncture for the first time, and really, like, I did taught yoga, just like you suggested, and it was fucking awesome, so thank you for taking care of all of your listeners. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. Bye. First of all, thrilled that you did hot yoga and acupuncture. It's so great. Second of all, sweetheart, you're great. You're everything. You're wonderful. But you're being kind of selfish. For sure. Um, You know, I think it sounds to me like you don't really want to be best friends with him. And I think you just want to be cordial. So if I were you, I would zip it up and I would not tell him that you lied to him because then that's just going to open a whole new can of emotions and worms and virgin feelings. That's the thing is his virgin feelings. And I hate to say it, but that's a very specific thing when you are sexually inexperienced or virgin, like you think you're in love with everyone that you talk to for more than two days. Right. Like it just is like you like, it's like a permanent state of being, having a high school crush kind of and yeah. also you said that he was like prone to suicide and um i don't know i think that like, like wanting he to gave be friends off with- those vibes oh though. he gave off those vibes but then yeah if you if you didn't want to be friends with or if you didn't want to like be friends with him and then now you want to be friends with him again that's kind of like yo-yoing his feelings and that kind of gets him off balance so i think that that's a little bit selfish and you told a whopper like there's no way that getting back together with an ex there's no way that you can fake like what was a six month supposedly six month relationship or whatever. Like he's going to ask you questions. You're gonna have to talk about trips. You're gonna honey, you're gonna have to yeah. talk about you're gonna have to vacays. You better make up uh, You gotta tell you know, all your friends. There was so an amazing spa yeah. treatment y'all had together. Y'all almost bought a car, thought about signing a lease. Maybe an ex girlfriend popped into the situation. You had to beat Tiffany's ass. Um, you know, like I would embellish the shit out of this at this point because like you're also I think you said you work with him. So you committed the cardinal sin that we've all committed. You, you know, you sh- you let you sh- it you let someone yeah. uh, well, you didn't dip it in, but you let someone from work, you yeah, know, you, you touch uh, your titties. Probably yeah. <laughs> you probably at least touched your titties. That's probably what happened. You felt an erection over you know, some jeans. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like, like an over the pants. Yeah, you had like a Gino, and I bet you there's like maybe he sounds like a banana khakis type dude. So Uh you you felt an erection over some flat front khakis, (laughs) and he's probably like rubbed it out about you. He probably tucks his polo into his shirt. He's tucking that polo. (laughs) Do you think they dry humped? Oh, for sure. There's lots of dry humping happening. Like, but how could you get that? Like, if I was a 26 year old virgin, I would not be able to get that hot and bothered because, like. 
that's sexy to like be rolling around in bed with someone and making out and like feeling their hard ass dick on your leg. <laughs> and he's like, this is love. Danielle Steele over here. <laughs> the Danielle Steele of Glendale right in front of me. Um, what I will say is I was a long time. I was a late virgin. And let me tell you something. There was nothing coming between me and my virginity at that time. And I hooked up with a lot of guys. And I mean a lot. And there were lots of hard dicks and erections. I mean, for days. And let me tell you, if I didn't want to do it, I didn't want to do it. And neither did he. And- no, but like maybe you don't do it. But like I would walk away from that so sexually frustrated. Yeah. Well, that I mean. I'm Hello, sure how many like, second they're both I rubbing have? one out after they go <laughs> For home. Sure. Yeah. Lots I wonder of if they slept in the same bed. You probably they probably did. They cuddled for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point you just gotta like wh- Roland, whoever your ex-boyfriend was, Chad, you have to like just, you know start photoshopping him into pictures. And at this point, you find know, a guy on you've Google. realized that coming after this situation with Chad, like you're not ready to be in a relationship anytime soon with anyone. And yeah, and you'd exchange books again, you know, like talk about books and hot yoga and acupuncture. Get him to acupuncture. Yeah. It's the closest he'll get to But maybe don't even do that. Maybe or don't not. even or don't do that. Don't you talk know? to him at all. Don't like, get it's him leading him on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Do you think she has to put like ground rules about this guy? Like, like, hey, I'm not going to date you, but I want to be friends with you. Did I you- think that that's not fair. I don't think I think that that's mean to someone's heart, especially if this guy is as sensitive as she makes him sound. I think that right. that because like those feelings don't go away. And I've been in situations where I've tried to lay down ground rules with guys. And of course, they agree to them. But like. Then, like, six months later, they're freaking the fuck out on me because they're like, you're a bitch. Like, you led me on. And it's like, no, dude. I said we are friends. (laughs) Yeah. Franz. That's it. Franz fries. That's what the contract said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Smile at him from across the cubicle and keep it moving. He sounds emotionally unstable. Maybe you should should also be looking on monster.com. True. Yeah. Move somewhere with your fake boyfriend. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hey, Miles. My name is Lisa. I actually have a huge dilemma to call you about. Uh, please advise. What do you do when you love your parents, but you really don't like them anymore? Um, my house has been a house of uh, contention and a lot of stress for a number of years, um, little backstory. My dad's bipolar. My mom just isn't really a warm person. She tries in her own way, but she's really not a sympathetic person. She's let a lot of things go by um, without actually speaking up. I can't relate to that. She can't relate to me. My parents aren't college educated, which, you know, isn't a bad thing, but it was just the era that they grew up in. Um, I'm a lot more open-minded to things they are not. Uh, Sorry, I just totally lost track of my thoughts because I'm nervous. Um, I'm 34. I live at home. I don't make a lot of money. I am college educated, like I said, but I couldn't end up getting a job in what I went to school for, which is uh, fashion design. Um, I did internships in New York. Found out New York wasn't for me. There are some gigs around Philadelphia, but usually it's everybody that graduates from the school ends up at those 
places. Um, I don't make that much money. Like I said, I work in local government. Um, it's not really something that I like, but I'm good at anything I really put my mind to and get paid for. I don't have a bad work ethic. I need to get out. I don't know what to do anymore. I see a lot of my peers whose parents actually respect them and treat them like adults, but because I live under their roof, even though they say, oh, it's your house too, but that tends to be a convenience sort of thing. Anyway, after this weekend, we were down at the Jersey Shore, and the whole time it was just total stress. Um, mixed in with the fact that I have a dog who needs uh, surgery, uh, really, really bad surgery, and it's another stress in my life. I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to, how to actually like my parents anymore. Girl, I think that you should work in retail, and I'm not saying that to be bitchy. See if you can get a marriage, managerial position so you're at least working in some semblance of the clothing industry so that you if you are a manager maybe you can start to be like the store shopper eventually um maybe reach out to some big brands that you like and see if those like you know fashion design is a very narrow category like you're gonna either go on project runway or you're gonna have to spend years sort of building a name for yourself think that maybe you should be volunteering to work with different designers and see if you can, you know, be an apprentice to them of sorts. Uh, but I, um, I think you need to get out of that house. I think that maybe a move wouldn't be a bad thing for you. I know you don't have a lot of money, but I'm sure if you liquidate some of your assets, like I'm talking selling your TV on Craigslist and like any gold jewelry you don't wear. I'd sell that. Um, I definitely think you need to get out of that house. Um, I think you've hit the plateau of what you can handle anymore. And I totally understand that situation. Um, I think that if maybe a roommate's in the cards, maybe a roommate could really help offset the cots and uh, cots, costs. No, don't sleep on a cot. I'm not saying to sleep on a cot. Uh, that was a too subliminal. Um, I will say that um, I would check uh, check out your mobility within this government job because um i don't know what the fashion industry in philadelphia is like and i don't know you know what i mean and like, there's a lot of sleeper states where like you wouldn't expect there to be a fashion right scene. like scene or driver maybe vintage or you know like maybe like going into like if there's like a vintage empire happening in philly or something like that you know like maybe that's a route start um, an etsy store yeah, like an Etsy store as well. But I also would like. But it's, it's, these are jobs that are extremely ambitious and you are not entitled to that job just because you went to school for it. Right. Yeah. I went to school for film. It took years. I'm talking like writing has, it's taken me years to make any sort of real money from writing. And it's like hard earned. Like I really scrape the bottom of the barrel for a really long time. And I wound up deciding to live a very, very simple life because my ambitions to be a writer were more important to me than like living in a safe neighborhood or driving a car for a <coughs> while. Like that, I just, there is, if there's a will, there's a way. Yes. The one thing, the piece about your parents that I want to point out is that you need a break from them 
but it doesn't have to be dramatic. Um, they may not want you to leave, but you're 34 years old. Okay, that's three years older than me. And I've lived out of the house since I'm 19. Or no, 18. Uh, I think that you will... I think that you just need a break and you can come back to them. They will always be your parents. You only get two parents in life. And if your parents blow, that's unfortunate. It sounds like they're going through a hard time. Their dog is sick. I think you're too old to be going on family vacations with them. If you don't have a child or a husband and it's like you live together and you're all going on family vacations together, that's like, your life is about your parents and this is almost your doing. Yeah. I think that where there's a will, there's a way you sound very smart and organized and you have a job, which is great. And you probably have insurance and all these things. I would look into your company and see if there is a chance for mobility, start checking your options and what do you mean you mobility can, for a government agency? Like, like if there's a promotion involved where she makes an extra 20 grand a year and that 20 grand may make a big difference. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would say to them, like I would see, you know, maybe you're, maybe you okay. set, this is what you do. You set a long-term plan. You say, okay, in six months, I need to be here and you do everything in your power every weekend. You figure it out. Like you start to put aside some money for your deposit and your, your first, your last, your, all of that good stuff. And you, in six months you move out of that house and it's not a drama and you can, I think you can continue to go on vacations with your parents. I think you'll have the distance you need, but check out a roommate option. Check out even moving into someone else's condo option, not even getting your own place. Because my friend in L.A. got a place in a beautiful, I mean, he got a beautiful condo, okay? He moved into someone's condo with rent in the Hollywood Hills, rent, utilities, parking, Everything, including laundry. You know how much he pays per month? How much? Twelve hundred a month. Wow. And this is someone who really doesn't need to be saving anymore. Like he can afford this. And I'm saying twelve hundred a month for all utilities included. And That's you great. know, and he didn't pay deposit. No first and months last. He didn't have to do anything. He literally just came with the bed. So, but I do, I do think that it does concern me that you're not volunteering or. You know, like just literally right. reach out to designers, like local designers and just say, are you looking for an apprentice? If that's her passion, this sounds to me like maybe she lost her passion for this. No, it sounds like she like has given up. Like she's like, right. well, I like everyone else gets those jobs. Yeah, so she just yeah. Like took I a backseat. She's yeah. just like, well, yeah. I guess I just got this government job and I guess I just live at home right now. You need to be an active participant in your life in every area, whether it be love whether it be work whether it be fam like anything you have to be uh, taking yourself out of bad situations you have to like work at that and molly was right it's like i know that you said oh i loved my parents but i don't love them anymore like that's really extreme because you only have these two parents and you know i'm not one to tell you like how to love your parents but um i don't think that you would expel them from your life i think you just need to do well for yourself and then see yourself succeed build that confidence in yourself and then you know what maybe your parents will like um at first hate that for you but then support you and then really like look at you as an adult and like uh, you, you know it'll be great once you start to make a name for yourself and are, are earning a little bit of cash 
you'd be surprised at how much more confidence that gives you within your own family. 100%. Mm-hmm. And in life and in yeah. general. That's like personal mobility. When you feel like it's it's like you're the shining star and everyone can see your shine, you know? It's yes. like people are wishing on you, girl, and that's all we want. So make a wish and wish on you. Girl, you're going to be fine. All right, guys. Up next, we have a call from Jackie Johnson. It's an update on her manifestation of Shia LaBeouf, which you can go back to the Elastic Heart and IBS episode and hear Jackie's long love affair with Shia LaBeouf and how she's wanted to and is manifesting him into her life. She's had some amazing strides. Ready, guys, to call? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you today? I'm good. I'm playing The Sims on my iPad. Oh, <laughs> so funny behavior. Love you love that. The Sims. It's my only vice at this point in my life. It's like my addiction. I've spent so much money, I can't even tell you, like in the <laughs> hundreds at this point. <laughs> I love that for you, huh? Candy they got crush. me tripping on that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, they Jackie. got me tripping on those in-app purchases. <laughs> <laughs> okay, girl. So we're calling for two reasons today. One is to thank you for the amazing lashes you did on me. I've been t- oh, telling girl, everyone. Oh, I'm so excited. They are chic, say la vie. You put some mink ones in for me this time. Oh, yeah, girl. I hooked you up. You, you're looking real fly. Yeah, real fly. Any real housewife would be jealous. Thank you. That actually means a lot to me. Of course. I know what my girl likes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Second thing we want to talk to you about today is we heard you have an update on your Shia LaBeouf Chronicles. Oh, do I ever, girl. Okay. So where we left off was I was going to manifest him into my life. And that I made that my new mission and my new goal. And I've manifested several people into my life and it's totally real and you can totally do it. Everyone out there, if you like want to stop, if you have someone you're stalking and you really want them to like love you or whatever, just listen to my advice and I will make it happen for you. So where we left off, I was on the pod. I was talking about how I love Elastic Heart and I was making everybody watch it, whatever. So the two, day, two days after I leave your podcast, I'm at a party, a bachelor viewing party, and it's kind of a Hollywoodish crowd. But when the bachelor finishes, I say, oh, my gosh, have, have you all seen the Elastic Heart video? And I put it on Vivo. And I strike up a conversation with somebody next to me. And he's like, you know, I don't know Shia, but I've actually emailed with him about a job. And he's a really interesting person. He voluntarily pulls out his phone and pulls open the email from Shia. And it's like talking about, you know, work stuff, art stuff. So I hit the, his name in the phone and it shows me his personal email address. So then I get out my phone and type it in. Of course. <laughs> why would I not carpe diem? I mean, and the guy goes, um, he goes, um, excuse me. He goes, excuse me, did you just take his email? <laughs> oh, boy. And I go, and I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. And he just like kept moving along. So, so good. Crisis averted. He was on board, you know? 
And the reason I was taking his email was because I was like, okay, now I have to really carefully decide my next move. I'm obviously if I profess my love to him via email, he's probably going to erase it or like whatever. Like I have to play this cool because I've found out that if you're a fan of someone, you can't like hit them up like, oh my God, I'm a fan because then they're only going to see you as a fan. They have to see you as like a peer or an equal to like get them to be your best friend or slash fall in love with you, whatever your goal is. Like one of my favorite so sayings, like, treat him like a rock star and he'll treat you like a fan. Yeah. yeah. Yes, hunty. <laughs> yes, hunty. So like we got to play it cool. So I have a show at UCB um, you know, every month that I curate and I host and I had this wild idea to make an entire show dedicated to Shia LaBeouf because I can do whatever the fuck I want. Cause mom has been around since the beginning of the game. Like I've been around since <laughs> UCB 06 when it founded <laughs> in LA. Like, you know what I mean? Mama can make whatever she wants. So right. I said, I want to do an entire Shia LaBeouf themed show. And I was going to anchor this show. So my friend Rob Cantor if you haven't seen Shia LaBeouf live on YouTube, you need to hit that up immediately following this because it has like 12 million hits last time I checked. So he pulled off this fly video, this Shia LaBeouf song on YouTube. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call Rob. I'm going to get him to perform an acoustic version live, right? I'm going to get John Milheiser, formerly of Saturday Night Live fame, uh, to do his dope Shia LaBeouf impression. He has this whole like thing he does where he's in a press conference. It's so funny and he's such a good impressionist. And I was like, so John's going to kill it. Rob Cantor's going to kill it. Then I'm going to, I'm going to come up with this thing where I do Shia improv, Shia prov, where I get eight guys, roughly five foot 10 ish, white, brown hair. And I'm going to dress each of them in full regalia of Shia's iconic movie roles, starting all the way with even Steven. Good. <laughs> Perfect. Great going all the way up until like 2014's Fury, you know, uh, Billy the Bible Swan. Is, is one of them going to be butt naked name. like in Nymphomaniac? Tell me you're having one of them um, butt naked. I actually, I actually didn't do Nymphomaniac because I felt the role wasn't uh, there was nothing super specific about it enough to like parody other than like his bad English accent, which like I love Shia, but like, boy, you should have gotten a dialect coach, you know, like know your strength. Right. right. But anyway, right. but anyway, so I came up with this crazy idea. So I started emailing people to get them on board. Unfortunately, Rob Cantor was unavailable and I was like, oh, he was like my anchor, you know, and I was like, oh, if I had him, like Shia would be like super interested in like pursuing this. So, but, so then I was like, you know what, if Rob's unavailable, then I'm still going to do Shia prof, but I'm not going to make the whole show Shia because I want to do that when he's available. So I got all these awesome improvisers on board to do Shia prof. And yeah, we started all the way with Louis Stevens, all the way up to Fury. So then I carefully crafted an email, honey. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, Hey Shia, you know, I didn't say where I got the email. I was like, chill as hell. I was like, hey, Shia, I'm a fellow artist. I'm a colleague in this industry. I have this idea for a show that I thought I might, might interest you to attend. Picture all these Shias interacting with other Shias, but still remaining in their reality. And, uh, and then I was like, and if it interested you to become, to, to get involved in the improv, free of a character, real Shia, interacting with these other Shias then I would love to have you, you know, join if you were interested. 
And so, you know, yada, yada. I put a little bit about Elastic Heart and how it inspired me, blah, but not too much. That's the key. You can't pull up too much fangirl. You got to just be like, I respect you as an artist, whatever. So I, I, I crafted the email and it sat in my drafts for like days because I was so nervous to send it. But one morning I woke up and I hit send and I was like, okay, honey, release. 20 minutes later, I get a response. Oh, oh my gosh. It was waiting. And it was written in like poetry lines. Like, and I feel so bad. This is like kind of intimate between me and Shia. So I feel kind of bad sharing it. But I don't think he would mind. But he put, there is no one better than playing Shia than myself. I will get on stage. It will get competitive. This is completely mad, Shia. That's awesome. That's what it said. Oh, wow. And I, and I almost wrecked. I almost wrecked my car. And I was like, okay, well, I better register, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond because we're getting married and, like, my plans are coming, you know, are happening. Like, You're, like, moving I better call yeah. up, right, I better call up Crate & Barrel and get on the registry because Catholic, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, anyway, I email, I, I chill, like, wait a couple hours, you know. And then I email back, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that you're on board. It's going to be really awesome. Here's the date one more time, like, whatever. And I put in the email, like, my stuff so if he he so he could look me up and see that i'm like a real performer and a person it's you know like not a creeper i put like my contact info in case he wanted to call me cause, oh my god if he calls me i'm gonna die but he did it <laughs> so anyway a few days later no a, like two or three days before the show and i'm like not telling a soul because i'm like i don't want anyone to know and like come to see him and then he doesn't come or like whatever i want it to be like a total surprise for the people that were at my show so anyway, a few days before the show, I noticed that Bay is in New York for his trial <laughs> because, you know, he grabbed Alan Cummings' ass during Cabaret. So I see on the Internet that he's in New York, but then he emails me and says, Jackie, I'm so sorry, but it turns out I'm not going to be able to make it. But I wish you more than the best of luck, Shia. But isn't that amazing bummer. that he, like, took the time? I know. It's such a bummer. And I literally was like, you know, I, this, I started this journey so Shia would break my heart, and he did. So part of me feels like this journey is complete. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I'm so happy. But I'm so happy that he emailed me. Like, he didn't have to tell me. Blessed. He didn't have to do that. That's right. That's it's very so sweet. sweet. He took the time to, like, let me know he couldn't make it. And I know why. Because Bay was in New York at trial. Bay. He probably got so excited <laughs> about the show that he didn't check his sketch. You right. know? Yeah. And you've got to take care of your legal shit. Well, we maybe you can invite him to another show. Well, right. So I email him back and I was like, thanks for letting me know. I wish you luck with everything, you know? And I was like, later down the road, if anything interests you, you know, this, this idea might interest you further. So I'll let you know or something like that. So then we do the show. It was amazing. It was so fun. So here I am today, present day. I have his email. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to like hit him up again. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm playing it cool. Um, I, I know he lives in Sherman Oaks. And I was going to go sit like at the deli at the grocery store and see if he comes in. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> move, by not, the way. Right, because then I could be like, oh, hey, I emailed you. Oh, Funny, I got to get these you. memes. What? I was yeah. picking up some ham, and then here you are. <laughs> exactly. And, like, I know where he eats and stuff. because, And, and I'm not a stalker. It's all public knowledge. 
based on paparazzi photos. Like, I know he eats at Mendocino Farms. I know he goes to Menchie's Yogurt. You're you know, not like, a stalker, I know just Jared is. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not a stalker. I just do my research. I said she was bling ringing so, him. I'm like, you're yeah. basically doing, like, because you know where he's at. <laughs> right, but like, come on. You I'm a professional. Hard, I'm not. Right. I'm not going to, like, you know, knock on his door and be like, hey, Shia, it's me. We love each other. Like, I'm playing it cool because I do organically want our friendship to grow. I don't want to force it. I hope someone who knows Shia is listening to this and can take you guys to the next level. I know. (laughs) I'm sure you don't. But I hope that you get taken to the next level by this. Well, all I want to express to him or any friends of his that are listening is that, like, I am a genuine fan, but I'm also, like, cool and really fun. Like, we'd become best friends. So, like... Sell it, girl. Yeah. I feel no, the same way. Yeah. I feel the same way about Rihanna. I'm like, if Rihanna would meet me, she'd be like, girl, you are my girl, and we become best friends. Girl, like, you are my way. girl. I love that. Yeah. Jackie, I'm so proud of you. And thank you for sharing with us how you can manifest the people that you want in your life into your life. It totally works. I think if you just every day, I mean, you just say, like, you know what? That's the person that I want in my life and I'm going to go about it. You'll run into them. I mean, this is more specifically LA, but if you like, let's say you're a guy out there and you have a crush on a girl and you're like, I, I'm going to make that girl my wifey. I'm going to make her wifey material. I think if you really like do Jeff say that Amanda to yourself all the Princess time, it's going to happen. Yes. yes. <laughs> Always Jackie, back to Princess Long Island for you. <laughs> we love you so much. And thank you so much for this update, girl. It was a great update. It was so a happy. good journey. You're the best. I'm so happy. I mean, I'm framing my email from Shia um, above my desk, and it's my biggest accomplishment in life thus far. But guys, keep dreaming and keep stalking. That's right. That's my. That's, that's how my I men- got him. Please my advise. Some nice. That's Shire what I mean. I love you, girl. Have a good day. Okay. Love you guys. Have love fun. You. Love you, babe. We will. And I. You got to come back on soon. Okay, hun. Oh, obvi, obvi. All right. Bye, sweetie. All right. Bye. 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 All right, guys. Question of the week. Again, we're doing a a table topic because it's a fun game we have here and we want to share it with you. The question this week is what alcohol can you never drink again? I can't drink Bacardi Orange ever again. Hmm. I have to think about it. Go first, Ed. Um, I can't drink... uh... Okay, um, it's a wine. Um, what was that wine cooler that makes me insane? Um, Smirnoff oh, Ice. Cisco. Cisco. Oh, I yeah, can never, I can drink, never Cisco. drink Cisco. Also, oh, I'm not God. 15 and you know anymore. Ugh. Um, Cisco has made me crazy. It's made me barf. It's made me do <laughs> worst hangover. Worst ever. hangover. But your best life in the meantime. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? no, because it's just it's a very high alcohol content. Like lots of sugar, thick, sugary. Drink. It's not a wine cooler. It's like a malt. Liquor. They call it crack juice. Yeah, a lot of people call it crack juice because it makes you crazy. Right, right. I don't do. I don't drink. I don't fuck with Cisco anymore. Jackson, what's your alcohol? I don't remember what it was called. It was in San Francisco, and it it was like a licorice flavored. Oh, liquor. Sambuca. Uh, no, I don't think it was Sambuca. But it's something. It was just like an aperitif. So it yeah. just made me really like 
gassy. I don't like anything anise flavored. Yeah, no, me neither. And it was it was terrible because I was there for a friend's birthday. And then all I wanted to do was like not be with people because I was really gassy. It was like embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, too. yeah, no fun. All right. Oh, yeah. Mine is Southern Comfort. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yes, girl. Yes. Some Soko Amaretta Lime. That's your jam. What happened? Wait, why? Um, I had like half a bottle by myself once. Oh. Well, I I wasn't by That's myself. That's fucking dark, no. man. <laughs> I wasn't by myself when I had it. I was like, I did it. I had half a bottle like on my own. Right, right, right. When sure. When I was like 18 and threw a house party for the and, first time. Uh, yeah, I'll bet that. I know, it's true. You my know, brother was you, there. Your fucking Nick walks in. You're fucking no, rolled out on the couch. <laughs> you're topless. Like Doritos all over you. Yeah. Still clutching on the bottle. No, this was this was ten years ago. I don't drink SoCo and like by right. myself at 28. <laughs> but yeah, I blacked out and um, had the worst hangover I've ever had in my life. So and and I tried it afterwards and like instant like nausea and like how could you do that to diana she was on a cruise with willie for their 20th anniversary i'm just saying also <laughs> oh, you're gonna get Her turned precious... up when your hard-working parents are on their cruise you're gonna drink selco and get turned the fuck up that's what you're gonna do christina <laughs> throw a house party christina she would disrespect diana and willie like that so i think this happened probably last month <laughs> Christina came home from a bad grinder date or whatever. <laughs> a Not bad grinder, grinder. Tinder date. <laughs> Tinder yeah, it date. would be a bad grinder date. Yeah. <laughs> she came home from a weird Tinder yeah, date. Yeah, he was gay. It was so weird. She wanted to drink herself to sleep. She like had scandal on her uh, Hulu Plus. She's like, Nick comes in. You're fucking, fucking. T- Why is Nick always like barging in? On this, uh, Nick's, I, Nick's I coming him. home from a long night at work, and Christina's just like fucking. Raking. I also love that this is like your sick fantasy for Christina. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. You get your to- her top off too in the fantasy, hmm. and very interesting. What does that say about you? <laughs> what that I always have what her top off in the fantasy <laughs> subliminals. No, because Christina's got a nice rack on. I her. know. I can see that, and I'm sure you can too. Yeah. No, shut up. All right. <laughs> Let's take our Subliminal. next call. All right, next call. <laughs> we got an update. It's from Tori, the girl who was dating someone that I assumed was gay. It's in the Chloe Bridges episode from Oakwood, or Oakwood to Rosewood. Uh, you should absolutely listen to that episode. But um, if you want to hear Tori's original call, it's there. Here's the update. Hi, Molly. It's Tori calling back with an update. Um, so just as an, like a little supplementary information during those three months where this guy and I weren't sleeping together, I was dating other people as well. And I believe that he was, but now I know that's not true. So, um, that was something to know. Um, I certainly was having sex during those three months and I thought he was too, but I guess not. Um, but anyways, He never made the effort to talk to me, so we haven't talked, and I am moving right along, um, getting ready for summer away from the tiny area of Massachusetts where uh, the liberal arts college that I go to is. Um, I am actually 20. I am about to be a senior in college. But, um, yeah, I am moving right along. Thank you for answering my question. Bye. 
Tori, I'm so glad you were getting some dicks in. Hell yeah. I, that really changes the narrative for me. I mean, not a lot. I still think that guy's probably just not that into women. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you've keeping keeping your options up and getting some D. Strictly dickly. It's the way to be. <laughs> just kidding. No, it's not. You could be all about the vaginas too and all all the things in between and out between and taints and whatever is your thing, do it. I hope yeah. you're getting a lot of it too, because it sounds like you were. Like taint stimulation. Yeah, get your taints on. Taint, taint. Taint. <laughs> that was a great update, Tori. Thank you so much. Proud of you, girl. Taint taint. Taint. Hey, what up, Miles? It's Tommy calling from Detroit. Six Rex. I just wanted to give you context. They have a decent question. I um, uh, put my two weeks notice in today at my job, and I uh, took another job at a different place. And um, my boss is like an absolute asshole. And he's like a nice dude, but he's a terrible boss. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and um, yeah, I'm just thinking I have to do an exit interview with uh, corporate at some point this week, and I'm thinking, do I throw him out of the bus, or do I just kind of let him skate, because he seems like a decent dude, even though he's a terrible boss. So, yeah. Give me some advice, girl. Tommy from Michigan. Are you the Tommy I know? I, I There's a friend of my old roommate's who's from Michigan who's named Tommy, and he's the best. So, if it's that Tommy, hey, girl, hey. Um... Okay, I'm just going to say that you, I think you never really are supposed to throw anyone under the bus just because that will get back to your boss, your former boss. And it's just, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, especially if you do it in a way that's like venti or like, like has like anger behind it. If I were you, I would find basically the most elegant way to say that you were dissatisfied with aspects of your boss's personality and that it was making the job, in your mind, perhaps harder at times. But, like, that's it. Like, at most, if you feel the need to throw him under the bus. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like a, it's not a roast. It's your exit interview. So I think it's just, you just gotta, um, you know, tell corporate, like, what you learned. Uh, that you were fortunate to see your boss grow in such ways, you're, built, you're able to build like personal relationships with them even outside of work. And then you can say, yeah, like, um, you know, there were some things that I would like to see changed, but I had a great time while I was here, obviously. But, uh, you know, and uh, and yeah. praise the company and praise certain coworkers that you right. really like. If there was a manager or something on staff that like built you all up then make sure that you give, give him credit or yeah. or you could be like he touched my dick and then made the bridges you burn light the way or that too <laughs> and you'd be <laughs> like you're lucky i'm not suing all of your asses <laughs> i'm out good night i want i mic. want a bigger severance yeah <laughs> i'm gonna need a bigger severance because he touched my dick <laughs> <laughs> he attacked my dick with a jar of peanut butter in the office kitchen after hours when we were working on spreadsheets in the quarterly report. Just give all the details. Right. 
Just like get, get sick with it. Yeah, he was talking about your balls all the time and it made you uncomfortable, <laughs> like a Jonah from Veep situation. Like, like he you would pull like his you were getting real out. harassed. Yes. You was getting real harassed. He would always tell you to look at his wrist wristwatch and it would be his dick just hanging <laughs> over. You know I'm <laughs> talking about the guy from my football team. I know, I'm talking about That's every, a real life moment. That for was Adam. at so many people at college. They'd be like, Hey, look at my wristwatch and I'd be like, Ah like you're Did I tell friend. you that guy did gay porn, by the way, after no. the kid from my high school? I'm so shocked. The guy who liked to show his dick all around the yeah, all-boys school. Pinned me against the wall and was like being all sexually inappropriate. And I was too timid to do anything about it because I should have. <laughs> missed opportunities. I know, such a miss. Miss connection. Miss connection. Jackson, what's the, the most sexually inappropriate thing that's happened to you in a work environment? Um. Well, since when, I mean... I've I've like looked at porn when I was in a work environment. Nothing happened to me. I happened to work. Like <laughs> I happened to my butt. Um, so like I like opened up some porn, and this is before I know that intranet was a thing, and like that they knew that they could like see what I was looking at. And then so they're like, oh, oh no. we saw some weird stuff in your in your like history or whatever. I was like, oh, it's like weird pop ups because I was searching on other stuff on the internet, and like these weird pop ups came up. I don't know what it's about. So I like covered my ass up super fast. But um, what happened to me? Nothing. Like nothing sexual happened to me at work. It's boring. <laughs> I've had several inappropriate things happen when I was a temp. When I was 20 and I was temping at a mortgage company, I was for sure sexually harassed by this Armenian guy. And I really had to. His name was Armen. And I'll never forget. Like he like it was like a weird like he kept like. He was fascinated. I think he was gay and he said he was gay, but he kept like talking about it too much. And I was just like, I just want to input numbers into the spreadsheet. Please don't speak to me, sir. And then like this other gay guy who was like super slutty and hot. Like one time I was like peeing at the urinal and he came in and he was like peeing right next to me. And he was like, oh, do Whoa. that some more. And he was like <laughs> staring at more. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, he was staring at my ass. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, call Wait, me. Your ass out at the funeral? No, oh, no. He was just staring. Urine. No, I know I'm not ass out at the urinal, you freak. Oh, my God. I thought you were at a urinal. <laughs> no, we're at a urinal. But he's like looking at me peeing. Like it was like a, a bro a gay bro moment and he was like kept like every time like he kept being like oh yeah he was like he was like i like what i'm seeing do that some more even though all i was doing was just existing yeah so yeah now you and know peeing. what it feels like for a girl because you, you couldn't know. move because you're peeing so he had the <laughs> opportunity to just check your ass he did yeah, yeah he did yeah, yeah. and he, then he was yeah he was weird he though. caught you vulnerable he did yeah. you know he did and then the other guy Got, was really inappropriate and I had this amazing boss like she's amazing and um she I had told her and I I don't want to say I don't want to reveal too much but I and I'm not going to say it but she had a different life before she came to work for that company and her life would make her a very liberal person so I was kind of like I don't like narking on people and I was kind of like look I don't want this dude to get in trouble also because I'm scared he's going to retaliate against me. But um, he said this, this and this. And if you could just keep him 
the fuck away from me because he creeps me out to like the nth degree. Can you please do so? So she just did it real sly. And she's like, you're not working with him anymore. You're going to go over here. And he was like, huh? And then she's like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, bitch. Don't fuck with me, bitch. And then, but like super like timid about it too. I was like, yeah, cool. Don't sexually harass me. Okay. <laughs> Hair yeah. flip. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Armin. Well, fuck you, Armin. Yeah. Let's twenty take- harassing twenty year old me. Let's take another call. Stop malls. Uh first time calling. Love your podcast. Uh I have a little bit of a doozy, at least I think it's a little bit of a doozy. So I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for about two and a half years now. And we are absolutely 100% each other's soulmates. He's my best friend. I love him. He loves me. Uh, and anyways, per- like perfect, happy, go lucky relationship, right? Well, what irks me is he, <laughs> he's been married before. He was married uh, to his ex-wife for 10 years and cheated on her like five times. Uh, coincidentally, I actually happened to be the last woman that he cheated on his wife with, and I was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, and he was like, I can't do this anymore, like, I finally found what I've been looking for, like, I can't do this with her, I, you know, I just gotta go. He's got three kids, and we actually have a child together as well. Um, and yeah, so I guess my concern is, you know, our cheaters always cheaters um he's never cheated on any of his past girlfriends or relationships before this wife of his and you know he was in the military she was in the military and he always kind of lived his life by this like you know it's cheaper to keep her mentality so i have this insecurity of like okay so you were with this person for 10 10 fucking years and What's so, what's so special about me? Like, how am I the one? Like, I'm the one you've been looking for your whole life, yet you spent a good chunk of your life with this woman who you just kept cheating on. So I guess ultimately my question is, once a cheater, always a cheater? All right. Ed and Jackson, take it away. Girl. <laughs> um, well, I just want to say, number one, no, you're not special. Um, once a cheater, I do believe he will cheat on you again. He was with his wife for 10 years and you're a cheater too, because you cheated on with him. So I'm not saying this is like a karmic thing. You, I love your voice. I I don't think the other woman is always to blame. Okay. I think if you're committing adultery with someone, you're as well. You're like enabling. That's not everyone's take on it. That's my take. You don't have to love that take. God bless. We're all adults. Anyway, so what I think is, is that um, I just, I'm, it sounds like you are really in love and you are soulmates, but do you really, I mean, it's sort of like expectation management. Like, to me, it's kind of like maybe you needed to take Caroline Manzo approach and just realize that in, a, in the time that you're going to be with this guy, he may cheat on you once or twice. And if that's a deal breaker for you, I would leave. But if it's not, stay. You for know? sure, and the and like the the wife or the ex wife that was with him for ten years like didn't know that she was being cheated on, or maybe she did. I don't really know, 
but um he might be cheating on you and i'm not you know i'm not like wishing ill on you i'm just saying he might be cheating on you too it sounds it like averages he is to about every two years every two cheated. years girl. the way that you said there's other things that you could say i'm like oh he's cheating on you and For also sure. if maybe you could have a conversation with him about it too like that's like an adult conversation where you're like look look how we got together you know what i mean like i'm not really like i have my eyes open i know you're gonna be who you're gonna be i mean maybe you guys maybe you start cheating too and you become polyamorous or something and take a third on i just don't know have an open relationship just have an open relationship but like there's one thing i want to throw out they have a kid and they're already not married why do they need to be married are they not married? No, they're just boyfriend girlfriend. Okay. And she want they've been together for two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's you already are existing with this man and not married to him. Why not just not get married to him? Right. I think because that's, great. that's a huge commitment, and you can't be willy nilly about taking vows with someone. I mean, it sounds like vows would mean a lot to you, and Certainly obviously vows of fidelity. And yes, and if. And if he's a cheater and wants to take vows again, I think that he's not taking them as seriously. My only, the only reason I think he is cheating is because she is saying this to us. You're, you know, your gut, you know, your instincts. When you have a feeling as a woman, as a human, trust your gut, you know, the truth and you know how y'all got together we're all adults here. I'm, that's not a judgment. I want you to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel spiritually so. And I just feel like it would be the more adult approach in your situation, I think, is to be like, okay, monogamy, fidelity is probably not going to be this guy's strength. So what kind of new relationship can we form that I'm okay with or move on? That's what, what I about think. you, Jax? Well, she said, she asked, are cheaters always cheaters? And... I mean, you're just labeled a cheater because you've already cheated. But it doesn't mean that that's um, that's always who they're going to be. It might be like a learning curve. Like, oh, you know, maybe this is like bad practice. But this guy has been doing it for 10 years, right? Yeah, he cheated five times. Five times in, in 10, 10 years. years. So, so she met five women, right? Oh, five women, well, yeah. That's I'm sa- that's I'm asking. Did she mean five times well, five I'm women? Well, I'm assuming that if they met... And he was. She said she, she was the last one. She so was the last conquest. Women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm he not. He had so- a side piece for every two years of his marriage. And also, I don't think all cheaters are cheaters forever. I want to put agree. that out yeah. there. I think your man is a cheater forever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm a sorry. I do. Your man sounds like a cheater. Not every cheater is going to be a cheater forever. Um, you know, cheetahs in the jungle, but <laughs> <laughs> your man sounds like a jungle ass motherfucker who's a cheetah. So I think that you just need to know that and come from a place of self awareness with him. That's my thing. But do I believe t- cheaters can change? Yeah. Oh, do yeah. I believe your man's going to change now? I agree. Same. All right. That's all for episode 45 of Please Advise. Ed, where can people find you online? Um. Okay. So on Twitter, I'm at the real Ed Hansen. That's with an E. Um, I'm sorry for that. And on Instagram, I'm at Edward Hansen. And on Tumblr, I'm at kind of fabulous. 
Okay. <laughs> kind of fabulous.tumblr.com. Correct. Jackson, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Gilbert Papilla. That's G I L B E R T P A P I L L A. That's well, just a random name. <laughs> it's just a random name. I mean, like, I needed an alias because Jackson was just like too, I don't know, it's too raw. Yeah. Um, Christina, do you want to share your information at Christina Lopez on Twitter? On everything. And on Instagram and your KL7 on Tumblr. Um, you guys. You can send us your updates. Call us at 323-450-7408. You can email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with a written question, or you can email us a voice note. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just Google it. You'll find us. It's PLZ Advise. Um, you can, we're hosted by SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash pleaseadvise, and we are doing a new thing. I ripped it off from Allison Rosen. We are calling it You're Appreciated. And uh, it's if you rate us five stars on iTunes and leave a review, we will read your review on the show. Uh, we'll do this weekly. We'll pick a nice review. If you guys write something funny or awesome or great, uh, we would love to share it with you. So I'm going to do this week's free advice. Um, we get a lot of calls from people who I think struggle with creating boundaries in their sex and love lives. And just like there is Alcoholics Anonymous, there is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. And I don't think that everyone's – when I say sex addict, I don't always mean like you're walking around town fucking everyone compulsively. They have women's group and men's, men's groups. And I usually find with women the sex aspect is more looking for approval and that plays into love, um, which I think a lot of people seek and are really desperate to find and keep. So – that's just something I want y'all to know about. You might already know about it, but it might be nice if some of you out there feel that these are struggles you have, like, you know, relationships tear you your life apart, like you turn into a total people pleaser, you are in relationships with someone controlling or someone that doesn't like you or someone that you don't really like but that you're afraid to dump. Uh, you might want to check that out. Maybe just check out the literature first and see if it's something that appeals to you. You like that, guys? I love that. <laughs> I Don't agree. you think a lot of people suffer <clears throat> with that? Yes. Love addiction? Yeah, I think a lot of people can't be alone because they don't have the confidence and self-worth inside of themselves to just be fucking alone. Yeah, right. they're too And afraid. some of us do. They're just afraid to be alone because then they've never been alone, so it's like sort of... Uh, fear of the unknown or they were really miserable when they were single because they don't know how to handle how to be and also like there it's not like being single isn't always like a breeze in the park just like being in a relationship isn't like you're never gonna get everything about there's positives and negatives like you have to learn how to be happy on your own you have to learn how to take yourself to barnstall park stare at a piece of fucking architecture and love that just like you have to know that like when you're in a relationship they may not emotionally sexually fulfill you 100% of the time and that's a compromise you're just got to be like well okay like I had unreasonable expectations so I just feel like in the same thing with being single but then there's pros and cons for both but I do think you have to know how to be alone 
before you can be in a relationship because sometimes you're in relationships you're alone yeah i agree and i think if um if you're constantly searching for a relationship you're never giving yourself the opportunity to get to know yourself and if you're doing that you're not allowing yourself to grow and if you're staying in a relationship you're miserable and just because you're afraid you know that's a whole thing too right maybe you have yeah. a long maybe you have a long-standing history of that sort of stuff I know that I'm not completely scot-free of that behavior myself. So that's just why I thought it would be interesting to share. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Ed Jackson, thank you for being here. Of course. Loved Jackie it. Johnson as well. We love her. JJ. JJ. Uh, Christina, thank you. Thank you to be the HBNIC. Chrissy the Front Turn. Sending you love at your rehab center. <laughs> We're getting reports that you're doing real well. Miss you, babe. You're finally eating solids again. <laughs> I heard you've been going to group and not skipping it to, <laughs> to lay in the pool. They're going to let you out on a field trip next week, girl. So just hold They're going to take you to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf right before they take you to that NA meeting. They're going to let That's you right, stop girl. for a treat on the outside. Get you a sugar cookie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chrissy. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>